You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what's up, Saints fans? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosevoglu, and it was a crazy win for the Saints. It's almost one of those wins where you don't even feel good about the fact that they got the win. You're just happy that they got the win, and you're not going to look at it and say, oh, that was a team-building win, because the reality was the Saints were down 20-3 to a 1-3 Chargers team, now 1-4, and and to a team that is historically known for blowing games, as they did last night, which obviously worked in the Saints' favor. Um, but look, there was good, there was bad, there was ugly. They, there was everything in this game. I'm going to break it all down But let me just start with this before I get into a rant about, you know, what Sean Payton's been doing and, you know, talk about what the defense is messing up, what the offense isn't doing right right now. I just want to say I am appreciative of the fact that for the second straight week, the Saints were able to overcome a double digit deficit last week against the Lions. They were down 14, nothing to start the game. Everything was going wrong. And then the Saints rattled off five straight touchdown drives, ended up winning that game against the Lions this past game was even more impressive in my opinion. You're down 20-3. to Nothing is going right. You have a two-minute drill to end the half. The Saints start clicking. They go into the half down 20-10, to and then they end up tying it, so they score 17 unanswered. Your defense gives up an inexcusable touchdown to Mike Williams. I mean, I don't know what Patrick Robinson's doing. He's getting greedy. He's looking for a pick. Instead, he gives up a 60-yard touchdown, and it's one of those games where you think on that play, oh, it's over. The Saints gave up a stupid mistake. That's the game, and it certainly felt that way. And then the Saints go down there and tie it up, although it was a controversial play call from uh, Sean Payton that ended up tying it up, but the Saints tie it up. They send it into overtime, um, and it obviously goes into overtime because of a missed field goal from Michael Badgley, which, by the way, I was cracking up during the broadcast because they're sitting there calling him the money badger. He's, you know, he's always on the money. He's very consistent and he is, he's a very good kicker. I don't know what happened on that kick. Um, it was just, I know 50 yarders are no give me's, but it seemed like he was good the whole game. It seemed like he should have hit that. And you know, he ends up hitting the post and it was one of those where he hits the bar. I thought it was going to bank in because that would be the saints luck. Instead, it actually banks out, goes into overtime. Saints end up scoring a field goal, get a stop late. Thanks to a Marshawn Lattimore, uh, big boy tackle. I want to say, because that was impressive from number 23, the saints win the game. So there's a lot of dissect. And I want to start off with the quarterback because that's obviously the biggest talking point. When you watch the Saints on TV, even if it's not a Saints fan, the, the casual fan, the talking point is Drew Brees. And in the first half, those Drew Brees, were his washed up takes were flying like crazy on Twitter. They were going out like hotcakes. Everyone's tweeting out, he's washed up, he can't throw, he can't do this, he can't do that. And I always find it funny how quickly the rest of the world is to just get Drew Brees the hell out of here. I mean, Tom Brady can throw a pick six, it's okay. Drew Brees throws a pick, Drew Brees throws a couple of balls in the dirt, that's it. His career is over, arm shot, put him on ice. That's how the you know the national media handles it. And he did play bad in the first half. I will give you guys that. I, I said on Twitter, he didn't look good. In the second half, though, he looked like the Drew Brees that we saw against the Detroit Lions. He looked like the one who was making quick decisions downfield. He was also evading the rush really well. There were times where Joey Bosa was coming after him. He'd move out of the way, and he was fine. And I was impressed by that. I was impressed by some of the throws he made downfield. He made a big throw to Jared Cook for a 40-yard touchdown. He made a big throw to Alvin Kamara, who pulled off the catch of the week. There were big throws that Drew Brees made, and a lot of the talk is about the air yards. You know, is he dinking and dunking? Is he throwing it deep? What is wrong with him? Well, in terms of air yards, in the second half on throws over 10 yards, Drew Brees was 6 of 7 for 129 yards in the touchdown. 
I would say that's pretty good. He finished this game with 325 passing yards. His QBR shot up by like 30 points in the second half because he was that good in the second half. And it really was a tale of two halves for Drew Brees. He was bad in the first half. He was electric in the second half. And I thought he was in a rhythm that he hasn't had in a while. In that second half, he was clicking. He was finding Sanders. He was finding Cook. He was even finding guys like Callaway and Benny Fowler. He was finding them all. And Drew Brees was clicking without his number one wide receiver in the second half. And I thought that was really impressive. But there was one thing about this offense that I couldn't stand, and I'm just letting you guys know, prepare for a little rant right here. Sean Payton's infatuation, his love affair, whatever you want to use it, his relationship with Taysom Hill is an issue. And the reason I say that is Taysom Hill's a good football player. You know how I feel about the guy. I think he, you can use him in a multitude of ways, and he can really break down a defense because there are so many ways you can use him. He's versatile. You don't know if he's going to throw, if he's going to catch, if he's going to run. Most of the time he's running. I get that. But he does offer you different looks. So I understand why the Saints want to use him. What I don't understand and what I never will understand is when it's crunch time and you need to make big plays down the field, when you need to move the chains, when you need to score or you're going to lose this damn ball game, why are you taking Drew Brees out? More importantly, why are you taking him out when he's in a rhythm? In overtime, the Saints are cooking. A touchdown wins the game. Drew Brees is driving down the field, making big throws to Sanders, big throws to Cook, big throws to Kamara. He's just slicing and dicing that Chargers defense up. And guess what? It's second and nine. We decide to put Taysom Hill in. Taysom Hill's running, stumbles, fumbles, whatever you want to call it. He's stumbling and bumbling. He only gets two yards. It ends up being third and long. Drew Brees comes in, incomplete pass. I'm not saying that Drew Brees directly threw an incomplete pass because the Saints wasted second down with Taysom Hill. What I'm saying is as a play caller and as smart of a guy that Sean Payton is, you have to know damn well that your Hall of Fame quarterback is dealing and he's throwing the football with with, with great timing, with great precision, um, and all of a sudden you take him out for one play and you might think it's not a big deal. It is a big deal because the Chargers were on their, on their heels, man. Drew was pushing them back. They're getting into the red zone, and you just put Taysom in inexcusably. He does nothing on that play, and then you're saying, okay, throw Drew back in. Hope we didn't, you know, ice him after he was looking so great on that drive, and it doesn't work out. You settle for the field goal, and we'd be having a very different conversation if the Saints lose this game, and that's why I'm not as aggressive as I once thought I was when I said I was going to get in a huge rant, and I still am. I still have a problem with it, but the Saints are very fortunate to win this game because Everyone is so quick to say Drew's the problem. The defense is the problem. How about Sean Payton starts coaching a little bit better? He hasn't been that sharp through five games, guys. He's been pretty um, lackadaisical with his calls. I think he's making mistakes that he usually doesn't make. And stop trying to prove to us that Taysom Hill's your guy because I don't see it. Every time he drops back, nothing's there. He doesn't want to pull the trigger. He runs. And when he does throw it, it's a nightmare. And now when you throw it to him, he drops it. There's a lot not going on with Taysom Hill. He's fortunate he had that late game touchdown to tie the game, and I was happy for him because he's genuinely a good guy, and I root for him. What I am not rooting for is John Payton taking out his Hall of Fame quarterback for Inspector Gadget with the game on the line. That's what I'm not rooting for because I don't care what age Drew Brees is at, 41, 31, 21, I trust him with the game on the line. I weirdly do. And last night he broke his record with Tom Brady for the most overtime wins, I believe it was. And that's first in NFL history. The guy breaks a record almost every Monday night game, whether he knows it or not. That's why I trust him. Because in two-minute drills, in the fourth quarter, to start overtime, when you needed to move the ball, he moved the ball. And you had to take him out. It worked once for you. It burnt you the second time. You were just fortunate enough that the Saints ended up getting the win. But Sean Payton, I'm looking at you. You need to be better. This bye week obviously needs to help the players because they need to figure out issues that are still lingering. 
But more importantly, the coach needs to get better. He has not been good through five games, and you hope it changes. I think it will. He's too good of a coach to continue with this stupid cycle, but it really is the definition of insanity. They keep going back to the Taysom well. It hasn't really worked this year, and sometimes it pays off with like that touchdown, but for the most part, Taysom Hill plays just don't have that same effect anymore. It's like the defense has caught on to what he does. It does not have the same pop. Even fans like me who you know created the whole Taysom Tuesday bullshit we're not into this anymore. I am over this Taysom Hill experiment. I am for keeping him on the football team, for using him as a receiver, as a runner, but stop trying to tell me he's the quarterback because I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it one bit. The best quarterback on this team is still 41-year-old Drew Brees, believe it or not, and that, for me, needs to be addressed moving forward. I need Sean Payton to stop the bullshit. I think he will, um, but that's something that I definitely wanted to address. Now, something else I wanted to address, Marshawn Lattimore, I know he had the game-saving tackle, and it was a big play, and it speaks a lot to his, you know, I would guess, I would say it speaks a lot to his confidence because it's very easy to give up on a game when you're not playing well. Mike Williams basically mossed you to win the game, and if it wasn't for the Chargers kicker, that would have been the game-winning play when Mike Williams made that catch down the sidelines. And I credit Marshall Lattimore. I tweeted when he made the stop, you got to tip your cap to him regardless of how bad he was. But, man, the Saints seem to be one of the few teams where their cornerback, their top cornerback, he gets tested a lot. And you know what that tells me? Guys don't respect Lattimore like they used to. They just don't. They don't. Keenan Allen goes down. Mike Williams goes for five catches for 109 yards and two touchdowns. And it's almost like when Keenan Allen goes out, Lattimore says, I'm done for the night. I don't have someone that I respect. This guy better spend the whole bye week Googling receivers' names and figuring out who's who, what their numbers are, because it's becoming a really big issue with Marshawn Lattimore. You can't just show up when you play Mike Evans. You can't just show up when you play Mike Evans. You have to show up when you play Henry Ruggs. You have to show up when you play Alan Lazard. You have to show up when you play Kenny Galladay. You have to show up when you go up against Mike Williams. You cannot show up when it's convenient for you. And I'm saying this not because it's for the football, for, to help out the football team. Forget about the football team for a sec. This is to help out Marshawn Lattimore. You want to get paid, play like a, a cornerback one every single game, not just when you're playing a big name. You can't do that because in three, four weeks from now, when the Saints rematch or they have a rematch with the Bucs, I know Lattimore's going to come to play. I'm not going to deny that. But why aren't you coming to play when it's Monday night with everyone watching and you're going up against Mike Williams? That doesn't make any freaking sense to me, guys. It just doesn't. And I still think he's talented. I still, in some capacity, want the team to keep him because I know he's the type of dude he leaves elsewhere. He goes to the Patriots or something, and he turns into Stephon Gilmore 2.0. But... He needs to be better, and he needs to be better because he can't go to that contract table and say, I want this now, because he hasn't proven that he's worth that type of money. So that's definitely something that I wanted to get off my chest. And another guy, real quick, who's you know competing for a contract, Marcus Williams. I mean, what is going on with that dude? Flat-footed, not in great position, still can't tackle. I, which one do you want me to pick? And by the way, I still think he's a good football player, but I shouldn't have to pinpoint three to four different issues with this game every week. Every week. I'm still waiting for him to make a game-changing play. And there are times last night where Justin Herbert threw up a ball for grabs, and guess what? He didn't come down with it. Most safeties do. He doesn't. I don't know if it's an anticipation thing. I don't know what it is, but that definitely was an issue. But again, look, there are positives to this team, and I'm going to talk about a positive real quick. Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, Trey Hendrickson, the defense brought pressure last night, and I know they were going up against an inferior offensive line, um, in the Chargers, but Cam Jordan with half a sack. Sheldon Rankins with a sack. Trey Hendrickson with a, a sack and a half. 
they looked good. And Marcus Davenport with a lot of pressures, and he's the type of dude that's going to change his defensive line if he's healthy. He was taking on two blockers. He was getting in Justin Herbert's face all night. And guys like Malcolm Jenkins actually blitzed well. You would want him to come up with a sack, which he missed twice. And he also missed a big-time interception, which really could have changed the tide. So I will get on him for that. But at least it seems like Malcolm's getting it in the right position, excuse me. He's just not making the play, which obviously is still an issue, but he's getting in the right position. He just needs to finish off the deal. He needs to, you know, actually come up with that interception. He needs to come up with that sack on third down when they're blitzing Herbert. These are things that the Saints can fix. I don't think this is a team that is bad. I think this is a team that is still finding their identity, is still getting through a couple of mental errors, and clearly didn't have a full offseason, guys, because we didn't have one. At the same time, though, they are 3-2. and two. You will take it, considering what's been happening. Um, but there are serious issues to address with this team. But the good thing is they're not things that can't be corrected. They can all be corrected. Patrick Robinson's eyes in the backfield can be corrected. Malcolm Jenkins dropping an interception can be corrected. The defensive line now getting more pressure with Davenport can continue to be approved upon. This offense should get better when they get back their best player. That's usually how it works. When you get back Michael Thomas, your receiving corpse is going to be better. That's usually how this thing goes. So the Saints will get better. There's a lot of room for growth for this team, which is encouraging. And look, they're in first place as of now in the division, so you take that for sure. Um, so you all you 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 have to be cautiously optimistic, I would say, about the Saints team. That's how I feel. But I'm not done talking about this game. There's a little bit more I want to talk about. And I want to talk about the other side real quick. Justin Herbert, man. Coming out of college, I wasn't one of those Justin Herbert isn't any good, but I was one of those people that I haven't seen enough from Justin Herbert to validate saying this kid's going to be a star. And I was wrong. The kid is a star. 20 of 34. Obviously, you want the completion percentage to be a little bit better, but 264 yards, four touchdowns. More importantly, no interceptions. That's big. That's really big. This kid was big time. He was making throws on the run. He got hit by Davenport at one point, and the ball still went about 50 yards in the air. Like, the kid has that type of arm talent. And I feel bad for Tyrod Taylor. That situation is horrendous. And you never want to see a player lose their job because of injury. More importantly, lose their job because the medical staff fucked up. But Herbert's good, and it's tough to bench a kid like that when he's playing that well. So I tip my cap to him. I think he was excellent. That's back-to-back weeks now where he looked good against Brady and Breeze head-to-head. I would argue he looked like the better quarterback in both games, which is quite impressive to say. Um, So I'm impressed by the kid. I thought he looked outstanding, and I wanted to tip my cap to him real quick before I go back to the Saints. Um, And now going back to the Saints, there's someone I want to give a shout-out to, and I know he doesn't come up on the box score looking impressive, but Marquez Calloway, not an easy spot. Replacing Deontay Harris, who missed that game with a hamstring injury, he had four catches for 34 yards, but more importantly, his return game, he had two kick returns for 57 yards, and his punt, he had six punts for 69 return yards. So he was always making great plays downfield. He was always putting them in great field position. Um, Obviously, some penalties negated that. And this is still an issue with this team. Penalties are still an issue. Um, but I thought Callaway looked impressive, and you see why, as an undrafted rookie, this kid made the team. He offers a lot in special teams, offense, you name it. He provides it. And the Saints got themselves a player in the young former Tennessee guy. I think he's going to be a, a key guy for them moving forward. And Drew trusts him, which is always important with a guy like him. Another thing I really wanted to address, and I, I know you guys are always talking about this dude because he's a great vet, and he's also just a great player. Emmanuel Sanders, could you imagine where this team would be if the Saints didn't sign Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas still went down? It wouldn't look good, folks. It would not look good. He is clicking with Drew Brees now. He's clicking with Drew Brees at a rate I didn't even think they would be able to this year. 
Last week, he had 93 yards receiving. This week, 12 catches for 122 yards. I mean, that is a career game for a guy who is definitely not in the prime of his career anymore, but guess what? He still runs routes pretty damn well. Over the middle of the field, he was making plays. Towards the sideline, he was making plays. When the Saints needed the yards, he was making plays. And that's big. That is absolutely big because he knows now I'm on the same page with Drew. And you know Michael Thomas and Drew are always on the same page. So you have two receivers there that he trusts. He clearly trusts Traquan Smith over the last couple weeks. We've seen him get involved. He didn't have a big game last night, but we are seeing Traquan get involved. And Jared Cook, quiet this whole season. Hello, how are you doing? Welcome to the season with that 41-yard touchdown. That is something that will be a play that the Saints can build off. I thought Cook was attacking the seams well. Drew just missed him a couple times, but Cook was open down the seam. The Saints just didn't see him enough. More importantly, Drew didn't see him enough, but I was impressed by him too. I think this offense could be so much better, guys. We're talking about their struggles and how they didn't play well, and then you still look at the box score and you're like, they put up 30 points. They put up 17 in the second half. I mean... This offense isn't that bad because, look, when we talk about their struggles, and we do, we say they struggled against the Packers, they still scored 30. We say they struggled against the Chargers, they still scored 30. We say they were inconsistent against the Lions, they still scored 35, and they're doing it without Michael Thomas. So what I'm saying to you is when Michael Thomas comes back, this could be one of the better offenses in the league. And they're not going to wow you. They're not going to throw the ball all over the field like the Chiefs. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to be all about precision, all about timing, and they can do that. They have the weapons to do that. Um, and for people who think this team can't win with their current offense, I disagree. I strongly disagree. Now, I think it's important that the Saints don't fall behind because you can only win so many games when you're down by double digits. But there is a formula here for this offense. And I will give them their credit for sticking to the game plan. They didn't force anything. There was one force the whole game. It was that Drew Brees pick. Other than that, they stuck to the game plan. Take what the defense gives you. If the shot is there, take it like Drew Brees did a couple of times. And other than that, keep the chains moving, keep the defense off the field, and just continue to chip away at that lead. That is a formula for success for the Saints moving forward. Now, you just got to avoid the bad start. And before I end this podcast, there's a lot of people who want to know what's going on, what are my thoughts on certain things. So I said to you guys, you know, hit me up with some Twitter questions, and I'll get to them. So let me get to a couple of them. For sure. A lot of them were really good. I got to about like five or six of them that I ended up liking last night, and I'll get to them, to them. But the first one, what do you think specifically about the defensive line's impact in this game? They seem to provide more pressure than any other game this season. Yeah, I think that's big. I, I, I agree. It's the Davenport effect. It's Sheldon Rankins actually playing with purpose. It's David Anyamata making plays. It's Cam Jordan looking to finally have that burst back. I know he only had half a sack, but Cam Jordan looked way better this week than I thought he looked at any point this season. I know he was going up against backups, but you know what? He didn't beat backups against the Raiders in week two. He was beating the backups in week five. So you like to see that. I think it's Cam getting back to full strength. I think it's Davenport reemerging here. And I think it's Hendrickson. Hendrickson, you got to give him his props. He has been fantastic through the first five games of the season. Next question, why does it take long for Drew to crank it up? I don't know. I, I personally still think it's the play calling. I think the play calling needs to be better. Um, you know I'm going to sound like a Drew apologist here, but in the two-minute drill... It's number nine that calls the plays. It's not Sean Payton. When did the Saints offense look good in the first half? When number nine was calling the plays. Other than that, it was a stupid screen there, a stupid screen here, putting in Taysom Hill when you didn't need him. There were a lot of play calls that made me question Sean Payton last night. And I knew I know Drew took a while, and it's not ideal. But again, if the play calling's not there, that's going to hurt. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about Drew more so being Sean Payton, not looking great, 
than otherwise. How do you think this offense will look when Michael Thomas returns? And what does it mean for Sanders? I think it takes the offense to another level. I know I'm, it's, it's easy to say that. They're getting back their best receiver. Um, but obviously, that's going to help this team, getting back their number one. Um, and I think Sanders is still going to be that guy. The Saints, for years, have been dying for a number two receiver. Well, now they got one, and they got a pretty damn good one in Emmanuel Sanders. So I think this offense will definitely um, continue to produce. I don't think this is going to be a problem in terms of pro- uh, productivity between the two of them. So I think that's going to be something that they, they you know, gel. I think those two like each other. Every time Sanders do an interview, he talks about Michael Thomas and what he means to the team. So there's clear respect there. Not worried about that at all. Do you think after tonight's game, Marcus Callaway will have more of a role in this offense? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is one of those games where you validate the coaching staff keeping you on the roster. You look good in returns. You look good in limited reps in terms of targets. Kid look good, and he's tough, and he gets over the middle. He has no problem taking hits. I like this kid. Look, I don't like that he wears number 12 because we're all Marcus Colston fans here, but the kid balls out, and he is tough, and he is earning that number. You can't argue that. So I'm happy for Calibre. He will definitely see more reps, in my opinion, uh, moving forward. Does Drew look nervous in the pocket like never before? And also, would you give Jameis a chance uh, over Taysom? So two-part question. Look, Drew looked nervous in the pocket last night because there was heat on him. I mean, that's what happens when you face Joey Bosa. He will get after your quarterback, and he did. Um, so I think more than anything, it was Drew getting hit, Drew's knee getting a little banged up and tweaked here and there. Um, I don't think it's something moving forward the Saints have to worry about because against the Lions, Drew had a clean pocket. He looked good, no nerves, nothing. This was Joey Bosa's breathing down my neck. I got to get this ball out quick. I would not be worried at all about that. That's not an issue for me. As for the Jameis thing, you asked me a couple months ago, I would say no. You ask me now, I would say yes. Jameis over Taysom right now um, in that QB debate. Do you think the Saints have a decent shot at getting the number one or number two seed in the NFC? Well, number two seed actually doesn't really matter that much anymore because you don't get a buy. Um, to answer your question, though, no. I don't think the Saints team will be able to keep up with Green Bay or Seattle. Do I think they're a playoff team? Probably. If they can continue to improve, I think they're a playoff team. Um, but, yeah, they, they, need, uh, they would need to go on a huge win streak. They would need the Packers and Seahawks to slip up for them to end up getting the one or two seed. So I don't see it um, personally. So is Lutz the best kicker in Saints history, and why is your answer yes? Well, thank you for answering that. Yes, it is yes right now with the way he's been kicking the football. I mean, he was three for three, and in a game where the the, the uh, Chargers, excuse me, lost on a missed field goal, he didn't miss one, and he was money, including one from 53, which he made look like an extra point. Like, he is just that good, in my opinion. Do you have more faith in the pass defense knowing Janoris Jenkins should be back after the bye week? Maybe. Look, Janoris is better than Patrick Robinson. That isn't a debate, but it's all about the eyes. Are your eyes still stuck in the backfield? Are you making silly mistakes? Are you still making them? Are you? Because if you are, you're not going to fix this issue. If you correct them, then yeah, I'm thrilled to have Janoris back. He's a gamer, so that will help. Do you think the Saints can fix their secondary issues? I mean, this kind of goes with the the Janoris thing, but I'll answer this one while I'm at it, and I'll, I'll wrap it up here. I do. I don't think there's an issue the Saints can't correct on this football team. I think they can correct the fact that they're not hitting on some of their shots on offense. I think they can correct that their defensive backs are getting their eyes caught in the backfield. I think they can correct that Malcolm Jenkins dropped an easy interception. I think these are all things they can correct. But they need to use this bye week seriously. They need to make sure they hammer down those points. If they do that, you're going to see a much better team coming out of the bye. If they don't, we're going to continue to see a team that has to scrap and claw and bite for every win. And if they get it, you'll be fine. But that definitely isn't a way um, that you, it's hard to sustain that type of success in the National Football League. Football League in my opinion. But anyway, guys, please, once again, thank you. And, and after every game, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, just send them over. I will address them during the next podcast when I recap them. 
But obviously a crazy game for the Saints. You're happy they get the win. Didn't look great at all. There are issues for this team. But you take that any day of the week. Um, because at the end of the day, it's hard to win in the National Football League. It's hard. It is not easy. It's not easy whatsoever. Um, so you're thrilled that the Saints get the win. You want them to be better. But you know it's still early. There was no offseason. The bye is actually coming at a perfect time. Get healthy. Fix your mistakes. Come out week seven against the Panthers and take care of business and get a statement win. And that would actually change the mood. And I'll talk about that next week for that game. I'll preview it and everything. Until then, guys, if you haven't already, subscribe and review the podcast. Take care. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your victory Tuesday. And I'll come, you know, I'll be out there. I'll continue to give you Saints content on Twitter and I'll keep us entertained through the bye week. But again, enjoy this win. But more importantly, enjoy a stressless week or stress-free week, I should say of football this upcoming Sunday since the Saints have their bye. But that's going to do it, guys. I appreciate you very much, and stay tuned for another episode later this week.